I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Omar Kawaja, CISO of Highmark Health, a national health and wellness organization which includes health plans. Omar will be speaking about issues involving the alignment of security to business in healthcare. So, Omar, for starters, as we know, in the healthcare sector, there's often a focus on compliance, HIPAA, and other regulatory requirements. When it comes to security and privacy, any top suggestions for healthcare sector entities to do a better job in terms of aligning security with the business needs and risks of their organizations? Absolutely. So, we, we often think of compliance as a set of requirements that somebody else decides for us, and we think of compliance as capital C, and they're in these thick books that were written many, many years ago. If we think of compliance as a small C, what we'll find is that there's a lot of value in it, and if we ultimately really think of compliance not as much about compliance with other entities' stated direction and guidance for us, but if we think about compliance as the set of things that we have decided we want to do for our own organization, it starts to make significantly more sense and it has more utility. Now, CABA's lowercase c compliance should include some of the basic regulatory requirements that an organization has to deal with. So, for instance, if we operate in with a significant amount of protected health information, the security and privacy of that is governed by HIPAA and HITECH, and so, of course, we have to conform to those rules. However, there's other things that we want to conform to as, as well, and if we define C compliance as being the set of things that we do to, do, to comply with our own policies, which incorporate HIPAA, which incorporate high-tech and PCI and high-trust and to some extent GDPR, state privacy requirements and so on, then what we find is compliance is much more about how we actually operate and compliance is significantly more scalable than risk-based decision-making. So the way that we think about it is this, Marianne, when we're determining what we should do, we should be making those decisions based on risk. When we're actually making sure that those things are being done, because making the decision is something that a few people in a room can make, can make, and that's not that hard, the significantly harder part is making sure that the, thing, the decisions that are being made are somehow followed through on and are somehow lived and don't just stay in some document that is stored on some location that no one ever sees again. And so the decision-making process should be risk-based the process for making sure that it gets executed and implemented is much more compliance-based. But here it's not complying with the regulations, but it's compliance more broadly with whatever our stated policies are, which should absolutely incorporate business, uh, business needs. So when we think about our business outcomes that we're trying to deliver as an information security organization, we think about four stated outcomes. One is how do we reduce cyber risk? The second is how do we do it in such a way that we're operationally excellent? The third is what is the customer's experience through that interaction that we are impacting? And then the last one is capital C compliance because we do want to make sure that we are compliant with the various 
requirements of the regulators, but also with the various requirements and commitments that we've made to our own customers. That's very, very important to us. So, Omar, what tends to get overlooked by healthcare sector entities in their attempts to align security with the business? Any examples of where things can go wrong and how to fix them? Where things often go wrong is when there isn't much engagement with the business. When there is an engagement with the business, things end up going, going better. And when I say things can go wrong, I mean things can go wrong from both the standpoint of we can take on more risks than we would want to as an organization, and things can also go wrong because the business takes on more friction and more disruption than perhaps may be necessary for a, for a given context. So the practice of implementing controls is really security. So security is really the how we do things and we secure things by deploying various controls. They could be administrative controls, they could be physical controls, they could be technical controls, preventive controls, deterrent controls, responsive controls. On the other hand, the practice of risk management is much more about decision making and used effectively, risk management is the bridge between the business and security. In fact, there's a quote from St. Thomas Aquinas, which I'll, I'll paraphrase, that does a very, very nice job of explaining the difference between security and risk management. St. Thomas Aquinas said, if the goal of a ship's captain was to keep it safe, he would never leave harbor. So a typical security professional would think about an insecure situation and say, it cannot exist, every hole must be plugged. A risk manager would take a more nuanced approach and say, yes, there are some insecurities associated with this particular situation. However, let's seek to understand the business value that's being sought in the situation. And if the business value is significantly greater than the risk associated with the situation, it's probably acceptable to take on that risk. It's not acceptable to try to find ourselves in a situation where we have zero risk. We're always going to have some risk. The question is, are they at a tolerable or acceptable level or not? And so going back to the, the question that you asked, Marianne, sometimes we deploy so many controls because we're doing it in the spirit of making ourselves secure, and we don't realize that we're also hindering the business, hindering the experience of the end user, and as a result, we're probably not getting the business objective we need, which is ultimately the reason the organization exists. So in those cases, we should look at that and back off a little bit, whereas in other cases, we should look at maybe having more controls where the business objective is actually not going to be eroded as a result of having more controls that reduce risk. That's really important is to make sure that you're looking, we're looking at both the cost and the benefit side of the equation. I'll give you one example that we've had in our hospitals where we've had uh, physicians say that the timeout for them to access the electronic, electronic medical record is too short. And they find themselves having to log back into the system multiple times. And in some situations, it's such that the doctor and, or the, the staff are actually looking at the screen, but they're not actively interacting with it and typing on it. And so the computer thinks that there is 
uh, there is no interaction, therefore the doctor, the staff member may have stepped away, but in fact they haven't. They're operating on a patient, but they're actively looking at that screen. In a context like that, we look at that and say, a short timeout does not make any sense because it doesn't actually make us more secure, and it actually results in potentially impeding the positive business outcome, in this case, the delivery of patient care that, that is uh, being engaged in. So in that case, we can very quickly make the decision to say, let's increase the timeout period and allow for the business to be more successful and the patient to be healthier and do it in such a way that we actually don't take on any more insecurity. So Omar, you made a good point. How can healthcare sector entities get a better handle on balancing security with the business needs of their organizations? For instance, in healthcare sector entities, often doctors have a lot of prestige and clout in terms of pushback on security technologies that the clinicians think will make access to patient data too hard or take too long, yet healthcare entities also need to prevent the hacks and breaches involving unauthorized access, stolen credentials, weak authentication, etc. that we often see. How do you balance these various business needs from different constituents in a healthcare entity and still have the strong security that you need? So within my, uh, my department, which we call Information Security and Risk Management, at Highmark Health, we've got a set of guiding principles that have been in place for several years. The first guiding principle for us is first why, then what. And the reason that is important is that the why can serve as a common denominator. And so if we're talking about why we want to implement a specific control or a specific restriction, that is something that will more likely resonate with the person in the business, whether it be a physician, a pharmacist, a nurse, a salesperson, a financial analyst, whoever it is that we're working with, then if we told them that they should do this because of some technical reason, there's no one in the business that is really, really excited to make EDR, DLP, IDS, PKI, any of our acronyms work because they don't really understand what they are and they don't look at that as their job. They look at that as security's job. And last they check, their boss isn't looking for them to make security successful. They're looking for them to make their business successful and more importantly to make their ultimate customer successful and serve them in the best way we can. And so if we make what we're trying to do about the customer, we make it about some specific business outcome, there's a much greater likelihood that the business will be aligned and they'll be excited about helping us make the business successful. And that sort of explains the difference between security and risk management. Security is about the set of controls that we implement to protect an organization or a part of an organization. Risk management is how we make decisions around what level of protection, what level of security, what level of controls are appropriate. Too much security can hinder the business from achieving its objectives, and conversely, too little security can also disrupt the business in surprising ways and therefore prevent the business from achieving its objectives. Ultimately, it should be about security serving the needs of the business and making sure that it's there when it needs to be there and it's not there 
when it doesn't need to be there. And so in that way, the single best analogy I've come up with for how the security and risk management department should work for the business is like the brakes on a car. And so sometimes I'll go into a business area where they're not very happy with my team because they feel that we're getting in the way, and I'll say to them, does it feel like security is like the brakes on the car? And they're very excited, and they're like, yes, you finally get it. Can you please stop slowing us down? And I say to them, you know, please engage it with me in a quick thought experiment, if you will. Imagine if I gave you the keys to a Ferrari and I handed you a return ticket to go to Germany and drive this Ferrari on the Audubon, and I said to you, there's only one issue with this Ferrari. It has no brakes. How fast would you go? It turns out that the thing that literally slows a car down is also the exact same thing that gives someone permission, confidence, encouragement to actually go fast. And that's what security is there for. However, when you're on that straight road, all you want to do is go fast. You don't engage the brakes. When there is traffic, when there's a bend on the road, when it starts to rain, or when the speed limit changes, or you see a cop on the side of the road, those are all situations where you are very, very appreciative of having brakes, and that's kind of what security is there for. It's a, to allow you to get to your destination, not just fast, but safely as well, because if you're not safe along the way, you're definitely not going to get there fast either. Thanks, Omar. I've been speaking to Omar Kawaja. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.